12. 12 of the 25 for Salem. A little balanced, though, from D.J. Coletti, who knocked down a couple of threes and finished with eight points. Yeah, he was finding the gaps in that zone. A lot of inside out with Griffin Curtis. And, and they had some guys. Um, who was the lefty 15? Uh, Nick Hayes off the Nick, bench. Nick Hayes yep. came off the bench, had a good-looking stroke right there. I think if he went to video replay, they might have given him a three on that because right. it looked like a pretty pretty clear from, from my vantage point. Uh, but they got some guys. But when Carney came in, and he gave them some size. So it's interesting to see if... Um, if coach stays with Carney here in the second half because he knows that he was just getting beat up down low. Uh, but he's not much of an offensive threat for Salem. But they got to get some more guys involved other than Curtis. Yeah. And this zone is just wherever he is, they're collapsing on him. It's not a box and one, but they know where he is at all times. Meanwhile, both teams out of the locker room warming up. Just about a minute or so to go until the start of the third quarter. A good Sized crowd as usual. The doghouse, they call it here at Bedford High. And you look around, it's a nice mix. From left to right, from my vantage point on the far side, you've got the cheerleaders on the baseline. Then in the stands, it looks like a nice student section, all donning the Bulldog red, black, and white. But also members of the community, some older basketball fans are here as well. And on the near side, Salem has Salem, traveled well Salem at 93. Traveled, Salem traveled very well. As there's a lot of Bulldog students, it looked like, and we heard from them at times in the first half. The Blue Devils, yeah, the Blue Devils certainly, uh, they brought their numbers here, and you said there's a lot of people here that have been coming to games for, since Bedford's existence right here to support support their team. And one thing with Coach Elmendorf here, you know, he's bringing consistency to this team, and, and they just play hard. I mentioned it earlier, but, I mean, I don't want to over, it can't overstate it. They just, every loose ball, they're hitting the floor, and, and they're giving everything they got. And sometimes we didn't see that through, through the Bedford teams through the years, but this team is, is they're playing hard, and they, they know that because if they don't, the next guy on the bench is going to take their playing time because yeah. they're a deep team. And they're in the hunt for a championship in Division One this year as everybody is chasing Portsmouth. Meanwhile, third quarter begins with a turnover and then another turnover. Curtis. Bedford yeah, had the initial pass picked off by Curtis, his third steal, but then his bounce pass too strong. And Rick giving back to the Bulldogs here as they lead 30-25. to 25. He was thinking dunk again. That was, that was going to be his chance to redeem himself yeah. on that dunk, but the pass was at his ankles. Yeah. Bedford right to left in this second half. Shot up and in from the near baseline. It's Max Chartier, one of the three Chartiers on the roster, able to get his first field goal of this second half. He had two in the first half, so he doubles his scoring total as well. Seven-point lead for Bedford. At 32-25. Here, meanwhile, is Curtis, Salem's go-to guy in the near post. Goes back up top, Coletti, off-balance, shot up and in, in the lane. Able to bank it with the right hand as he fell to his right. And the Salem guard now in double figures with 10. Bedford opened up in a man right there. That's the first time we've seen man-to-man from them. Yeah, the 2-3 zone was prevalent in the first half for Coach Elmendorf. Bulldogs with it. Mokas in the high post, nowhere to go. Near side wing for Missouri. One dribble, and now back to Mokas up top. Salem, they've stuck with that man-to-man the entire night, and they're in it on this trip defensively. Anderson on the far side baseline, drives middle, floats a pass from Reservi, who fires a three up and in from the near corner in front of his teammates on the bench. That's Trey Meservi knocking down the shot. <laughs> and Curtis with the answer. Yeah, Anderson, a little still cl- uh, slow on the, on the closeout. Anderson is made pay by the jump shot from Curtis. He leads everybody with 14. Bedford with a 35-30 lead. Minute and a half into this third quarter. Bulldogs playing in front of Coach Elmendorf in the bench. 
Chartier far side to the hot Missouri who fires again, but this one too strong. Offensive rebound near side. Anderson to his right and off the glass for two. Nice big man rebound. Takes it over the top of the defender and then drop steps around him for a basket. Nice play. They just don't have an answer for him down low. They really don't. We might see Carney earlier than we thought here in this. Uh... Meanwhile, Salem with a turnover. Bounce pass too strong on the far wing for Griffin. Just trying to force it into Curtis when it wasn't yeah, there. And Griffin Curtis says, come on. To his teammate, Zach Carabello, whose bounce pass was about three feet behind him. Out of bounds to the Bulldogs, building on a seven-point lead. Anderson to the cup. Got it again. He's been the man for Bedford now with 10. And the largest lead of the night, 39-30, is the Bulldog lead with two and a half gone in this third quarter. Coach McLaughlin down on his left knee on the Salem bench, hoping his team can come up with a response. Saldano on the near elbow, backs out to the wing, picks up the dribble. And again, the Salem offense will restart. Bedford sticking with that man-to-man, which was not what we saw in the first half. Oh. <laughs> Curtis up top, swings the elbows a little bit. Inside now, Soldano on the far block, two dribbles, right-hand hook. No good, back iron, Mocus springs to the rebound, and Bedford has it. Right to left, leading by nine. Bounce pass near side, Anderson goes right to the rim and draws the foul on Salem's McLaughlin, who got a piece of the wrist with the right arm. So Anderson, who has scored the last four for Bedford, going to look to add to his total and the teams at the line with the club leading 39-33 minutes in third quarter. So let me tell you what we're seeing happen here. You've got Liam Green face guarding Curtis, and he's in his face, and, he, and Curtis doesn't like it. And so you saw a couple of plays there. He swung. He's been pushing him off down low. I was watching that happen. He did a, a, a he swung the ball around, almost hit him in the face. We'll, let's watch what happens here. I think the, that we may have something developing. Yeah, that's a physical matchup to watch for sure. He's an emotional player for sure. And Anderson, one of two, and it's a 10-point gap for the first time, 40-30. to 30. Yeah, they, they got to set some picks for, for Griffin. Curtis, they're just everyone's just standing around. Oh, there's a little. They'll float one over the over the top. Curtis will fire a three far side. It's short. Ball is tipped to Bedford, and they're they're on the run. Two on one. Chartier to Missouri, but a blocking foul first. Layup waved off. McLaughlin tried to draw the charge, but was moving on the pass. Collision occurs, and a defensive foul is going against Salem on the floor. So Bedford will inbound on the far side of the baseline with a ten point lead as we head towards the midway point third quarter. Really like the switch on the defense with Curtis uh, being guarded by Green. Anderson inside Chartier who misses the banker but is fouled. Boy, yeah. a nice little high-low effort there. And Chartier hit on the right wrist will shoot two for Bedford. Yeah, that's a, that's a danger. When you play man-to-man at a inbounds underneath against any kind of you, – you run yourself into back picks like that. And that's one of the uh, problems when you do that. And they just ran a great set right there. And they got Chartier for the open layup, but he just missed it. Got to have great communication during the outbounds pass. That's why most teams go zone. It's yep. just very risky to go in man-to-man underneath. Free throw in and out. No good for Chartier, who rolls his eyes. Max, the starter, who is only a junior at 6-2. Right hand, high arcing free throw. Good there. So one for two trip. He's got five. And Bedford continuing to build on their double-digit lead, 41-30. Coming up at the midway point, third quarter. Salem needs a response. Near side, Carabello. Skip pass, far sides, Coletti. McLaughlin, a baseline drive, tied up on the shot as he swallowed up by Anderson. But a foul coming against the Bulldog center. That looks like some good defense right there. Uh, tough call for the big man. Had his hands up. The guy ran into him with the ball into his hands. 
foul. Yeah. But you know what? We got to say so far, these refs, you haven't even noticed them out here today. Absolutely. That's what and you that's want. What you want. Yeah, that's what you want out of them. So they've been calling a solid yeah. game. But that. And that gentleman ref who just made the call, I've seen him here for years and years. He's very, very good. So, so we'll give him the benefit of the doubt on he this is, one. Yeah. Now on the far side, that's Dave Grenier at midcourt, who was refing games in Bedford since before I was playing. He's been around for a long time and is well-respected across the state. Meanwhile, he's going to call a violation, come in and smooth things over. Another free-throw attempt coming from McLaughlin. Apparently, Anderson stepped in a tad early. Now Coach Elmendorf demanding an explanation from midcourt. His foot was on the line. So an extra shot for the right-hander. McLaughlin in and out. No good. And there's Anderson on the glass for Bedford. So a one-for-two trip for McLaughlin, who did not score in that first half, one of the tri-captains. Three-pointer on the way for Green. Up and in from the far wing. The Bedford senior, who's done his job on defense, contributes on the offensive side. 44-31. And now a near steal. It is a steal. Chartier at midcourt. Three-on-one right to left. Bounce pass. Missouri right-hand lamp is there. And the Bulldogs force Salem to call for time. 46-31. At the midway point in this third quarter, biggest deficit of the night. Yeah, that timeout was maybe two possessions too late. Uh, you could just see that this game is close to getting away from Salem right now. Coach Elmendorf, Coach Moreno, they talked about how they mix up the man-to-man with his own, and Salem just wasn't ready for this man-to-man, and it's, it's an aggressive man-to-man. I'm surprised we don't see more of that because not only is it on the ball, it's, it, it's, it's tenacious defense, but their help part of the defense is great as well. Absolutely. Liam Green is doing a fantastic job, not only face-guarding Curtis, but his teammates are helping him out because he is getting picked. And what's, what I see happening here is he's playing physical with Curtis. Curtis doesn't like it. Curtis is used to getting clean, open. Clean but physical. Clean but and physical. And you can see he's getting frustrated. And he's getting frustrated. And he's wearing out. He's wearing out, too. Yep. So so if, if they're going to have to run all the offense through him, which they have so far, I think this is a pretty good strategy by Bedford. Yeah, he's got three of their six points You know, so far. They only have six points you know, a little over halfway through this uh, third quarter. And this game is dangerously close from getting away from, uh, from Salem. Nick Anastas, Chris Cameron, Dave Larravee here. Simulcasting tonight on ESPN New Hampshire and 105.1 FM. And Salem in a little bit of trouble as they trail now by 15 for the first time tonight. And Bedford in an aggressive man-to-man here on the Salem trip. Nearly a turnover near side. Carabello does keep the dribble alive and now goes far side for Coletti. Bounce pass near side for Curtis. Dribbles to the free throw line, elevates, fires, but no good off the back iron. And on the weak side glass there is Mulvey, or Missouri rather for Bedford. Meanwhile, a foul here in the front court. is going to go against I think Salem here. Curtis that, having to fight really hard just to even get a look at the ball here. Folks. It's on Soldano and he is demonstrative on his way to the bench. Not happy at all. As he slaps five with Coach McLaughlin. He just picked up his fourth. 46-31. Three from Reservi near side. In and out no and an over the back foul. On the rebound, weak side against the smiling Anderson, who has a word with the man who boxed him out, Spencer Curtis. So that means Salem basketball with just about 3.30 to go in this third quarter. 46-31 is the Bedford lead. If Salem wants to get going, they got to get this guy the ball. That's Griffin Curtis, the senior. They run him off a baseline screen. He's trying to call for the ball in the low post near side, and a foul comes on the entry pass. 
Over the top, it's Green, who was on his back and reached into the passing lane with his right hand and got a piece of the body. Yeah, you're more vulnerable to picking up fouls when you play man-to-man. Such an aggressive type of man-to-man right there. So that's two quick fouls, three so far in this third quarter. Yep, four on the other side against Salem. First on Green. Off the inbound, Coletti to the rim, rejected by Anderson. Ball then off his body and out of bounds, back over to Bedford. Coach McLaughlin up and shaking his head in disagreement. He felt like Bedford touched it last. Nolan Henderson, the man right now in the third quarter on yeah. both ends of the court. Yeah, Chartier on the drive, offensive foul. Drove on the near baseline, ran into Curtis under the basket on the pass. Coach Elmendorf rolls his eyes on the Bedford sideline. Ball back to the Blue Devils. Chartier taken out of the game after the charge. And on is Connor Crowley, who played well in that second quarter for Bedford off the bench, scored three points and had a couple of steals. He's in the game now guarding the Salem point guard. Inside of three minutes to go, third quarter. Blue Devils down 15 with the ball. And a foul coming up top against Bedford. Yeah, they're, they're making the pick guy pay. They're jumping out on picks. They're, they're, they're playing aggressive, and they're just making it hard. I mean, everything's focused on number 11 from an offensive standpoint for Salem and from a defensive standpoint from Bedford. I yeah, guess. Green with his second just plowed right through that, that pick, that ball screen. So Salem with possession here. Bedford with five team fouls all in this third quarter. They lead, though, 46-31. It's been a few minutes since Salem has scored. Meanwhile, Domincio with a tough one up and in. A teardrop far side of the lane. Barely got it off. But he does score it with the right hand. 46-33. Salem needed that, and they get it. Now Bedford wants the answer. It's Mokas up top. Man-to-man defense by the Blue Devils. Mokas down, down the lane, and Mokas is fouled. As he left his feet, a reach-in coming against Coletti, who looks at the floor in disagreement. We've got, again, not to focus on this, but Liam Liam uh, is doing a great job defending Curtis, but he has not sat at all, and as he's going to wear out, I don't know if they have anybody else on the team that's that athletic enough to stay with Curtis. Meanwhile, he's looking for the inbound. Green has it in the post after bobbling it initially. Back out to Missouri, and eventually to Crowley on the far wing. Back door, Missouri catches near side, goes up and scores off the glass. Got it right over Carney. Green doing work on both ends, as you highlighted. He's got now eight in the game. Two minutes to go, third quarter lead. Back to 15 for Bedford, 48-33. Near side, Salem's Hayes. As Curtis on the near baseline, goes up. Shot, though, off the bottom of the backboard. Sprawled out to the free throw line, though, and Coletti, his teammate, able to cash in from 15. Right hand, Jay, up and in. Coletti with a dozen. Lead is 13 for Bedford at 48-35. And now a travel against the Bulldogs is called on Crowley on the far wing. Turn back over to Salem. They trail by 13. And with that, I think Coach McLaughlin, yep, is going to go to the bench as he brings in Jake Fantasia, an outside shooter, who comes back onto the floor. Salem down 13. A chance to trim the margin. Curtis... Draws a double team, goes back up top. Three-pointer on the way, short though off the hand of Domenico, but another offensive rebound for Coletti. They swing it near side. Fantasia's three is an air ball, and it goes out of bounds to the Bulldogs. Again, they're, they're really wearing him down, forcing the ball to go outside of Curtis's hands, and other guys are going to have to step up. We've seen a little bit of that with Coletti, but the other teammates are going to have to step up for this. Now floor. Salem going to spread the floor here defensively, trying to stretch the floor and make the Bulldogs work into the front court. They do with a green left-hand dribble right to left. Green now wants to go at Curtis, goes around him into the lane, leaves it for Anderson, uh-huh. but over his head. 
And the 6'5 center could not reel it in. Again, he smiles at Coach Elmendorf. Coach Elmo rolls his eyes. Minutes ago, third quarter. Salem again, a chance to trim the lead. They trail by 13, 48-35. Far side, it's Hayes up top to Griffin. All eyes on him. Near side now to Fantasia. Back over to Coletti off the weak side screen. Three on the way. That's an air ball, and it'll go out of bounds again to the Bulldogs. Every shot is challenged. There's a hand in everybody's face right there, and that's just making it tough for the Salem shooters. Full court press again by Salem. Into Mokas, right to left, into the front court, down the lane. On the air side for Green, and he's hit on the catch under the rim. Foul coming against Salem. Coach McLaughlin not happy with his team. Game's getting choppy. 11 team fouls yeah. combined here in the third quarter. That's a sixth on Salem, five on the other side against Bedford, and the third against Coletti, who's been a key scorer today for Salem. Bedford ball right to left. They lead 48-35. Coming up in 30 seconds to go, third quarter. Mokas with a ball fake near corner. Leaves it for Anderson. Far side for Green. Wing three on the way. No good back iron. Offensive rebound, Missouri, but a whistle on the rebound. And a foul, I believe, I against... Think, I think they called it hitting the wire up Oh, top. it hit the wire. Okay, the wire over the top of the rim. That's got to be about 10, 15 feet yeah. above the iron. he got better eyes than me because that thing's not moving either. Yeah. So I don't know, what, but that's what he pointed to. All right, 20 seconds to go, and Salem, it looks like, is going to set up for the final shot of this third quarter. They trail Bedford 48-35. Cheerleaders trying to make it noisy for Salem. Up top, Coletti. Double team gives up the dribble and Mokas rips it out of his hands. Mokas then fouled at midcourt. It comes with five seconds to go. Boy, Mokas saw the leather and just snatched it. And now is going to shoot a one and one because that is the seventh team foul against Salem in this third quarter. So one and one for Bedford. A chance to extend their 13 point lead with five seconds to go in this third quarter. I think he was frustrated because he saw a lot of open court in front of him where he was going to throw it down. <laughs> Not like his father, though, huh? No, but he, he's played a solid floor game. Absolutely. You know, he's, kind of, he's not a point guard, but he's kind of the leader of, of the team out there. He gets people in their spots. He leads by example, plays tough defense. Yeah. A nice little stroke on the free throw line there, too. Yeah, he's been a key contributor tonight in all season for Coach Elmendorf. He's got three points after the first free throw was good. Second one is up and in for the left-hander as well. 50-35 to 35 Bedford. One more for Salem here in this third quarter. On the drive, Fantasia to Coletti near side, and the baseline fadeaway is too strong. 50-35 to 35 is the Bulldog lead after three. Salem in a little bit of trouble as we head to the fourth quarter. We'll be back in a moment for our FNL Winter Game of the Week here on ESPN New Hampshire and Bedford 105.1 FM, presented by the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Centers. Third quarter action is underway. Let's go back now to the call by Nick Anastas. No shot clock, as you mentioned, Nick. It makes it very hard for a team when you're down by 15 points and a, you know, a patient, disciplined team like yep. Bedford. They're not going to take any bad shots. If they t and, and one thing, the other thing that Coach Delmendorf said to his team in between quarters at the break was take care of the ball, be strong on the ball. And that's what they're going to focus on. They're just going to focus on good possessions right here. And I think you, you saw them doing a little weave up, t up top here to sort of protect the ball. It's going to open up some opportunities when you actually cut after uh, instead of passing. Yep. We're going to see some backdoor plays here if Bedford can execute. 51-35, Chartier to the free throw line. Again, it's one and one time. Already nine team fouls against Salem. Chartier makes him pay. Two of two at the line. Seven points now for the senior. Sorry, the junior. 
And Bedford's lead is the biggest it's been at 52-35. Salem left to right. Here is Curtis in the far side with a spin move. Now back up top for Carabello. And Carabello runs into traffic and lost the ball. Nolan Henderson again. Stepping big, up. Big man. Got his hand on it. Mokas the turnover for Bedford. Where he's the one who got the loose ball. And now it's Max Chartier trying to run the offense for the Bulldogs. Being hounded by McLaughlin far wing. Comes near side. Pass tipped but handled in the near corner by Green. Now Green a right hand drive middle. Back door for Anderson. One bounce. Now back up top Green. Swings it near side. And Chartier's going to pull it out. Bedford with no problem running clock in a 17 point lead. Nearly two minutes in fourth quarter. It's Bulldogs with a 52-35 lead. And again, taking their time in this possession despite intense man-to-man pressure. Now a double team and a foul as Mokas, with his back to the basket, was slapped over the right arm by, by Salem's leading scorer tonight, Griffin Curtis, who had 12 of his 14 in the first half. He commits his second foul. That's the 10th team foul. So double bonus time for the rest of the night with six and a half to go in this fourth quarter. Bedford's Mokas out the line. The lefty, who hit a couple a moment ago, adds to his total on the front end. 53-35 now, Bulldogs with one more to go. you got to give Coach Elmendorf a, a tip of the hat here. This is, really came out with a really smart strategy. They were wearing down Curtis in the first half. He was showing that he was worn down. Uh, and then they stick with both the man-to-man face guard on Curtis, and then as they've extended and really delayed the game, got themselves quickly into the double bonus, and looks like they're a good foul shooting team. So it uh, looks like it's a good strategy being They are. They're, 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 all these guys so far, they haven't missed too many tonight. Mokas, two for two. Five points tonight, 54-35. Bedford, just a two-loss team in Division One, looking to add to their win total tonight. Meanwhile, still going hard is Spencer, but Curtis's shot partially blocked, and it's Green who has it for Bedford on the baseline. Up ahead for Brown, who mishandles the catch. Now it's loose and eventually turned over as Curtis able to scrap it for Salem on the far sideline. Left to right, they come into the front court. Now a three up top by Curtis is an air ball. And it's ruled out of bounds under the basket as it landed on the baseline. Back over to Bedford. Now with under six minutes to go in this one, 54-35 is the Bulldog lead. A little lackadaisical on the offense on that side and then and then showing Curtis showing that he's tired. He's been playing the oh, whole yeah. game. Uh, he's been face guarded the whole time. And he's being t- taken anything he can get, which happened to be a deep yeah. three. This is one area. I mean, tonight you're up by 19 with under six to go. Um, this game's pretty well in hand for for Bedford. But the point guard, who's going to handle the ball for Bedford going forward? You see, that to me is going to be the question is how do they handle pressure? Because they don't really have a guy that's a true natural point guard. Well, they just turned it over there against the full court press from Salem. Blue, do- Blue devil ball left to right. Now Fantasia for three, up and in. No, not Fantasia. Trevor Domenico, the freshman. Oh, it's a turnover. Yeah, it's played well tonight. Meanwhile, yes, it is. It's Curtis with the steal. Comes back near side and then a block. Hayes' is shot sent back. Saldano able to recover. He just checked back in. And then his pass is tipped and stolen in the lane by Bedford. Mokas right to left along the near sideline. 
Dribbles his way out of a double team, and Coach Elmendorf calls for time. Yeah, he's dribbling around with his head down right there. <laughs> That's a t I think they got Salem's got to start trapping right now. They're just playing straight man, but I think they got to trap on everything. I'm, you, you open yourself up for layoffs underneath, but they got to trap. I mean, they got to go even if they don't have the full court off the extension in the half court, they got to go to some form of trap. And I'm sure Coach McLaughlin, the quality coach that he is, he's got different defensive packages in there. And 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 clearly the the way that Bedford's going to have to beat it is there is. The, the person who's trapping is leaving somebody open, and the lanes are open down low. The guards have got to keep their heads up, as you were just yeah. pointing out, because the lane's going to be... And they've got to have someone flash to the middle and, the, and, and then dump pass break down it low. that way. 54-38, yep. just over five minutes to go in this fourth quarter. Bedford has led the entire night. They scored the first seven points of the ball game, but only led by five at the break as Salem were carried through the first two quarters by Griffin Curtis's 12 points. But in the third quarter... That's when the, bed did, uh, the Bulldogs kind of made their move, switching to a man-to-man, -man, as you highlighted, Dave, and, and have been able to build their lead really ever since. You know, again, it's a great swap. We thought that the, the, the zone was doing a really good job. All of us here were talking about how effective right. it was. But, again, I think the big key was taking Curtis out of the game, and that's really what they were able to do in the third period. Yeah, it was Liam Green assigned with the matchup, and... The former Bedford wide receiver, part of that undefeated Division I championship squad in the fall. He's used to playing physical, and he's done a good job tonight on Salem's top weapon. Meanwhile, out of the timeout, the inbound is nearly tipped and stolen. Mokus now out of control on the far sidelines, and is there a foul coming? Yes, there is. It's against Fantasia, the reach in against the Salem guard. Yeah, he's just, Mokus is making a living here at the free throw line in the fourth quarter. But they're going after him. I mean, they're making him. They're making him work, um, and that'll be the answer for you know Bedford down this down the stretch if they're going to make a run at this championship. Mokas' his first free throw is in and out, no good. Bedford leads 54-38 with five minutes to go in this fourth quarter. Salem again. They've been called for a number of fouls in this second half. Well 15. over, well over ten. Yeah, fifteen. It sounds. More like it. Free throw in and out, no good for Mokas. And the rebound goes to Curtis of Salem. One way you're going to let Salem back in it is by turning the ball over and missing free throws, and that's what they've been doing here in the last minute and a half. So An empty trip there, so Salem will take it. Bedford, meanwhile, in a man-to-man. -man. That's been the look as we talked about throughout the second half after the 2-3 zone was effective in the first half. Far side, three on the way. It's Hayes, and that one's short. Rebound in the lane comes for Brown of Bedford. Right to left, quickly into the front court. Mokas now to Missouri, double team middle of the floor, back far wing for Mokas. And it's a game of keep away now as the Bulldogs finally draw a foul on the far sideline. A reach from behind on McLaughlin. He gives a little bit of a grin there. Two more coming at the line. Is Coach Elmendorf, he's been on his feet all night. Still doing some coaching here, talking with one of his seniors, Nick Mokas. So free throws on the way for Missouri. It was nine points, all on three-point field goals tonight. That's usually his game, right? He is. He did. Um, he did make some defensive plays tonight. Yep. And, you know, nice block down uh, there. Free throw up and good for the right-hander. Fifty-five, thirty-eight. Bedford's largest lead tonight, seventeen. Missouri, the third bulldog in double figures with ten, and make it eleven as he goes two for two there. 56-38. And a reach in here on Mokis is called on the near side wing. That's Went good. across the body of Domenico. That's 16 fouls now against Bedford. 
So, so my, my bad there. So there's 16 total fouls. 16 fouls. That was my bad earlier. Oh, about the total? Yeah. Well, they've had more than 10. We do yes, know that. Yes, it's 10 on the number. You can't see it from here. This anger. was a f quickly fast-paced first half. The second half, a little bit longer due to all the fouls. Yeah, a lot of whistles. Midway through the fourth quarter, Salem down 18. Wild shot there. No good by Domenico. Put back, though, by Hayes. Rattles twice off the rim. No. Hayes a third time tied up and a jump ball called on the far baseline. Bedford ball. As Missouri reached in to draw the jump. And, yep. It'll be given to the Bulldogs after the possession arrow is looked at. Meanwhile, Hayes quickly comes out, sits at the head of the Salem bench. As Coach McLaughlin looks for a fresh body out there to play some defense. Full court press, beat over the top, and there's the layup. Right hand finish good for Eric Brown. Six points off the bench. And he's got a chance for 1-4 with Bedford up 20 for the first time tonight, 58-38. Really heads-up play there by Mokas. Got the uh, the high-arcing pass and saw Brown streaking and was able to lay it out in front of him for the easy bucket. Way to break the press. That's going to be the thing, as you said, Chris. We're going to see what kind of, how they handle the pressure. That was a, a good break of it right there. You could see the guys who play football for Bedford. You just look at the physique of Green and Brown. I mean, their coach has them in the weight room lifting. Yeah. You know, a guy like Missouri, who's just a basketball player, doesn't have the... Uh, yeah the time in the weight room that these other guys have but but green and and brown are just they're, they're physical out here and they're able to bang with everybody that's just a tough call right there but a foul here on the floor it's a push against bedford meanwhile free throws hit at the other end or missed a, a one or two trip for bedford there 58 38 and free throws now coming for curtis who was hit on the floor but that's the seventh team foul Against Bedford, so one and one here for the senior tri captain, six foot four. And he'll add to his total now. He's got 15 to lead everybody. Great, great shooting form. Pure shooter. Watch the rotation of the ball. Nothing but net. I don't know what his college plans are, but he looks to me to be a like a high level D2, D3 player. Yep. He's he'll got hit the size two there. Bedford quickly the other way against the press. Brown, right-hand layup. No. Tough angle, but tipped out to Max Chartier. Now Mokas with a touch. Guarded by Domenico. High post for Chartier. One dribble underneath for Green. Waits and then draws the foul as he goes up and is knocked to the ground under the basket. Three and a half to go, fourth quarter. An 18-point lead for Bedford at 58-40. Meanwhile, Coach Elmendorf upset. Speaking with the official here. Nick, I thought I saw a lot of fouls in the game I was watching last night that you were playing in. <laughs> <laughs> that was something else. That this, was something else entirely. This game is kind of matching that at this point right now. This, yeah. this is one foul after another after another. And it was a very well-played game for the first three quarters. I mean, it was, it was a high-level, intense game. Um, Bedford kept the intensity and the focus so far for a full three-and-a-half quarters where Salem kind of played in and out. And that's what ultimately, you know, they... they they allowed Bedford to go on runs, and Salem just didn't play a full 32 minutes of basketball. Green, a one-for-two trip. I think he's got nine, although he may have more than that now. Either way, we're closing in on three minutes in this fourth quarter. Salem trails by 19, 59 to 40. Blue Devil ball left to right. Shot far side of the lane by Domenico is off the side iron. Rebound to Missouri of Bedford. Bulldogs now right to left. Missouri crosses into the front court on the near sideline with the left hand. 
We're going to shake off two defenders. Has Brown near corner. Skip pass far side wing for Mokas. In the middle for Chartier. Outside for Green in the far corner. Skip back to the near wing for Missouri. Again, the keep away continues. Underneath for Green, who thought about the layup and then fires a bounce back. Backs to mid, uh, toward midcourt for Mokas. Now Missouri near side. Salem, meanwhile, getting ready to empty the bench. His five different subs are over at the scorer's table. Pass here, deflected out of bounds into the Bedford bench. It'll stay with the Bulldogs. Two and a half to go now, and Salem makes a wholesale change on the floor as five fresh legs come on. And some of the Bedford fans showing their appreciation to Green, who checks out for Bedford along with Missouri. Very disciplined, very disciplined. Two and a half to go. First half, uh, sorry, fourth quarter. 59-40 is the Bulldog lead. Bedford, after losing to Portsmouth last week, they've been unbeaten since. And an impressive one tonight over a Salem club with a winning record. Next week they have three games in four days. Due to the makeup, they were snowed out on Tuesday versus Alvern. That's going to be a busy week. Yeah, that's a tough task for any team at the high school level. Inside of two minutes, Bedford continuing to play keep away. And now Coach Elmendorf going to call a timeout. He wants to get some subs in. Yep. Good opportunity for some of the JV guys to get some varsity time here with a minute and 54 to go in the game. Again, I can't tell you how impressed I've been with Liam Green and how he played defense in that second half. He was in the face of Curtis and and you know and Curtis was frustrated and did the best he could but they just couldn't get in the ball in a place yeah. where he could score I mean he obviously was a guy that stood out but it was a complete team team for defense. sure I mean there were guys that were helping on screens they were talking through screens they were making it making a physical I mean if I I mean this team I mean when I heard about the 55-13 beating of Merrimack I thought it was their zone and they were going to be a zone team that was going to be their identity but from what I've seen tonight they're a better man-to-man team uh, certainly in the, in the circumstance where they've got to shut down just a couple players. I Inbound think picked off here by Carney for Salem, and now foul at the rim. As play resumed there, Carney snuck up on everyone and intercepted the pass at midcourt. Got it over to his teammate Alex Tarzan, who just came on. The junior guard and getting some quick entry to the free throw line. Right-hander up and good. But Salem's still down 18, 59-41. Now a minute 49 to go. Meanwhile, Chris Chartier checks out for Bedford. It's a little love from his teammates. Second free throw, air ball. All right, Tark's on, and now it's back over to the Bulldogs. Salem not going to quit. Still out there pressing in the backcourt. It's like a 1-2-2 trap. Bedford dribbles to midcourt. That's Steve Charnier. Nine, ten. And far oh. side, Cole Glennon barely got it across. Pass tipped out of bounds. Last touch by Alex Hennigan with a minute 36 to go. Again, no shot clock. Bedford, in theory, could run out the clock. If they're not fouled by Salem first or they turn it over. Far side wing, Brennan Hughes, a junior, just came in with the long red hair for Bedford. Gets it over to Chartier. Back far side for Glennon. 
And again, the game of keep away continues. Salem chasing now in a man-to-man. Along the near baseline is Ryan Porter, the center. Quick shot far side is too strong from Noah Shabarik. But offensive rebound collected by Glennon. And the Bedford Bulldogs will keep it with one minute to go in this fourth quarter. Jump shot, a leaner from Chartier off the front lip. Steve's right-hand shot a little short. Rebound to Salem. Hegnigan with the handle. Now on the far side, Bomb Emerson, one of the seniors, getting some action. Inside, Carney trying to back his way into a double team. Fade away, up and good from the far side of the lane. He showed me he's got some offensive game. That's a nice little move yeah. there. He made an impact in the first half defensively. Gets his first bucket of the game for Salem there. 30 seconds to go. 59-48. 43, excuse me. After the game, our plan is to speak with Coach Elmendorf. We'll have to uh, get a sideline handheld mic set up here, but we can do that quickly and see what Coach has to say about where his team is right now, certainly in the hunt in Division One. 59-43, and Bedford now looking to run off the final 15 seconds. A good win tonight as the Bulldogs led wire to wire. Here's a backcourt violation as the shot, pass from Chabarra goes into the backcourt before it's hunted down by Steve Chartier. It'll go over to Salem with six seconds to go. This is a really good win here as the clock is running down. Quick shot, up and in, and that'll do it. 59-45 the final. We will say goodbye to our friends at Bedford 105-1. We thank Bill Jennings and, of course, Harry Kozlowski. A reminder, Bedford at Exeter Hockey Saturday at 540 on Bedford 105-1. Meanwhile, our broadcast continues here on FNO Winter on ESPN New Hampshire, presented by the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Centers. Guys, while I set up this crowd mic and see if we can flag down Coach Elmendorf, uh, your thoughts early on in the third quarter where the game really really went Bedford's way. I think it was the man-to-man defense they came out in. They, they, caught, they caught Salem by surprise, and Salem just wasn't ready for the phys- physicality of, of Bedford's defense. And that, that, to me, was the difference. And they, they took Griffin Curtis out of the game, and Salem had no answers. Absolutely. I think, uh, you again, tip off to the, the coaching staff for the change in the defense. We, we talked a lot about how, how effective we thought that zone defense, that extended the zone defense, was during the first half. And, uh, and I'm, I'm sure that, that Salem came out prepared to sort of uh, to, uh, to figure out how to do better with that zone. And then, sure enough, they swapped the defense on them. And, um, and then, ultimately, they, uh, they were able to, to totally change the tenor of the game. And then Nolan Anderson, too, coming out in that third Absolutely. quarter. Absolutely. Huge. Huge. They didn't have an answer for him down low. All right. We're joined now by Coach Elmendorf. Congratulations on the victory. And um, tell me, was, was that the game plan going in to go zone in the first half and no, then man-to-man in the second? We needed to put a little bit more pressure on uh, Griffin Curtis at the second half. He's a really good scorer. And I think somebody just told me he... Uh, only had five points in the second half, one three and a couple free throws. So yeah. I think the switch helped in the second half. He's he's the second-leading scorer in the state right now, I think, Division One at least. He's a good player. So, I mean, Liam Green, talk a little bit well, about his Liam Green is just as tough as nails. He's our leader. He is just – he's just – he wants to play defense. He's just really good. He's just a, he's a great kid. You just and, don't get better kids than Liam Green. But what I've seen from this team, Coach, is that this team plays hard for you. Oh, they do. Every, one of, every one of them, all 15 kids, they play hard. They've got great chemistry. We had a, you know, I keep telling everybody we had a great summer, a great fall. We're, we're just 
it's a fun, fun team to coach. The one issue I see out here is a point guard. Lack of a yeah, we point do. Guard. You know, and we're point guard by committee, no question. But Nick Bocas has improved dramatically. Um, you know, might not be the best dribbler in the world, but he hits the open guy well, and he, you know, he comes to play every night. And you know, Max has got to help out a little bit more in the backcourt. Liam can handle the ball a little bit. Troy can handle the ball. So we might not have a true point guard, but we got four kids who can handle the ball well so and, and eric brown was injured early this year yep. eric Cody brown had a great game minutes. he had two great days of practice this week came in and did a great job i was thrilled with his his efforts so yeah it was good win good team win coach t- talk for a second about the switch from the zone to the man-to-man was it a what made you make the change just to to, to help out on greer on curtis griffin that was the, the sole reason to put liam and liam rose to the challenge liam is our number one defender he wanted to play the kid man-to-man did a great job. How are you going to approach next week with three games? In three four games days? in one week. That's Central on Tuesday, who's you know young and tough and scrappy, and and then Wednesday, you know, a good Alvern team, and then Friday up at Dover, one game at a time. But uh, three trips to the Seacoast. I know. Yeah, this was a <laughs> Two rough one year. Week and now this <laughs> was a rough year. Winnetonka, Portsmouth, and Dover. So, so yeah. it's a fun team to watch, Coach. It's oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's been a, fun a really team. nice job. Yeah, really good job, yeah. Coach. Congratulations. Yeah, thank thank you, you. you. Yep. Take care. That's again, Head Coach Mark Elmendorf. Doing a great job with this club. And, well, right now, Bedford certainly in the hunt with just two losses. Another convincing win tonight by double digits. A balanced offensive approach, it seems like. And really starting to make headlines with what they can do defensively in both the zone and the man as well. Yeah, and, and definitely, we talked a lot about their defense. but And, and Coach Elmo, it's no secret, we talked about it, lack of a point guard. It's point guard by committee. And I think as the season goes on, he's developing these guys. That's what they're going to need in order to make a run at a Final Four. Can they beat? Everyone's chasing Portsmouth, and they were at Portsmouth, and they were leading in the third quarter. Again, I guess talking about the team developing, Portsmouth obviously got a very strong team. Uh, Bedford was in the game in the third quarter. They were, I believe, had the lead. So so if the Bedford team can continue to progress, you can sort of f- fill the hole with the point guard and figure out how to handle the pressure. They certainly can handle the ball offensively. They're very good at slashing to the hoop, so they can and they can really play well against the man-to-man. And they have the three-point shoes for, the, for a, a zone. So they've got a lot of the nice makings, and if the team continues to develop, I think we may have, have an opportunity here. And they're deep enough to play three games in four days. I mean, they, they played 13 guys tonight. Maybe they played, you know, nine in, in the regular rotation. So they have depth, and, and it, that forces everyone to practice harder, and you're going to play harder. Yeah. Nice job tonight, fellas. Yeah, it's good The fun. pleasure was mine. Let's do it again. Absolutely. And we want to thank our friends over at Bedford 105.1 FM as well. Bill Jennings at BCTV, Harry Kozlowski, of course, Bill Whitmore, the athletic director here at Bedford, and to Kendra Wilson, for helping out before the game as well, one of the Salem cheerleaders. I'm not going to ask this saying good night. Bedford, the win over Salem. This has been our FNL winner game of the week presented by the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Centers. Let's go back now to our studios. Guys? Thanks, Nick Anastas. Your final score tonight, uh, 59-45, to 45, Bedford over Salem. And Tim Glenday's here with me. And, Tim, yeah, while that score looks like it was, let's just say, not all that close, mm-hmm. in all actuality, despite one quarter went south. But other than that, this was a pretty close game. Yeah, you know, and, and the way it always happened was you started the game off, big run, shutting Salem out totally. Salem then outplays them or plays them even at least the rest of the quarter. Second quarter, same thing. Yep. Oh my God, you come out of the huddle 
and Bedford scores, you know, like seven, eight straight points, you go, is it, is it going to be, you know, undefeated Bedford running away? Nah, 30-25 at halftime. Yeah. And, uh, you know, then third quarter, all right, you know, kind of all Bedford for a while, and you say, yeah, it's a 20 to 10 or 20 to 15 type of thing. But then, boom. Yeah. Come back and really spirited Blue Devils team in Salem. Yeah. I I think a more interesting game to listen to tonight because of the fact that clearly Bedford was hot. Clearly, Bedford was showing you why they're number one in the division. But boy, Salem played great basketball. And it was lovely hearing the coach on the postgame talk about. So I went to man to man and. Every once in a while, you have to tell your best athlete, cover their best athlete. Well, it was funny with coaching today in general, even high school coaches, it trickles down to them. People t- sometimes overcomplicate things, right? Yeah. And you know what? It was very basic. My best athlete's going to cover your best player. That That's coaching 101. And sometimes it's the obvious stuff that we don't see. Right. Because we're too busy looking for the next version of the of the great one three one zone that's going to redefine you know the defense in high school basketball, college basketball. But no, this is just look. You're my best athlete. That's their best player. Go stick them. That was and, great. And it's a question of whether they'll do it. That's the beauty of it. You've had all these three thirty five practices, and you may have, as you described it, mythically about any of these schools. You've put in a one three one. You want to do it. But can you convince the 16- and 17-year-old kid who also would like to lead the team in scoring sure. and be the star and be the talk of the school next Monday morning, can you talk them into, you got yours in the first half, I need you to play man-to-man and sh- shut that other guy down yeah. to do the old chewing gum thing from Hoosiers, you know? Give me the flavor. <laughs> and that's what that kid did. Absolutely. One three-point shot that went in and two foul shots. Tells you a lot about the kid as a person, yes. the kid as a player, and the coach for having the confidence in him to go out there and do exactly what he did tonight, keeping the game close. Again, your final score tonight, Bedford over Salem, 59-45. to We're here with you on Friday Night Lights up until about 9 o'clock this evening. It's all brought to you by the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Centers. It's Patrick Gilroy. It's Tim. Tim Glenday. Coming up later in the program, I'm sure Tim will have some highlights of tonight's game, play you some of uh, Nick Anastas' extended uh, best-of segments, let's say, later on in the program. We've got you for the next hour or so. We'll also talk a little bit of Celtics as the Celtics are taking on the Orlando Magic tonight from the Garden. Boston, the injury bug continues to hurt this team. Uh, you know, Despite the fact that they've been plagued by injuries for the better part of the season, they're still 10 games over 500 and just three and a half games behind Cleveland mm-hmm. for the top spot in the Eastern Conference. I, I don't think that's getting enough play around here. The Celtics are knocking on the door at the midway point of the Cleveland Cavaliers, which is and, just crazy. And one of the reasons shortly after 8 we want to do kind of like an instant replay of some of this game I still believe and have always believed as a sports fan, it's a lot of fun to attend any sporting event and then see how it was covered. I mean, I love watching 11 o'clock news of a sporting event I've been at to see, well, what was their take on it? I know what mine was in the seats. And the same thing every time I've gotten in my car, any time I've been at anything. If I knew that game was on radio, oh, you better believe. I want to hear the baskets, the goals, the home runs, whatever sport it might be. And... uh, so we want to give the people who, quite frankly, this isn't easy. I mean, Salem and Bedford are in the range of both stations. We want them to be able to hear <laughs> yeah. how Nick and his two sidekicks tonight, Dave Larravee and uh, Chris Cameron, described the action. Did they see it the way you saw it 
sitting five rows up in the wooden bleachers or not. Absolutely. So we'll have some of that coming up between 8 and 9 o'clock tonight. We'll also hear from Tom King, who will break down uh, a little bit of hockey. So, it's, yes, it's a basketball-predominant show, but once again, we'll have Tom King from the Nashua. Essentially, well, he already did the Nashua North, Nashua South preview. So now, when we bring Tom back in the final hour of the program, he's going to break down some hockey for us. So Tom King up, coming up a little bit later in the program. Also, we'll get to the scoreboard a little bit later, some up updated scores. Still looking to find out what the heck is going on, though, with the Epping and Pittsfield game. I can't find any new information. So if you're just checking in with us now, the Epping and Pittsfield game was suspended a little bit earlier this evening. The gym was evacuated. I'm sure that was a fun scene with all the high school kids. Oh, what's going on? There was a water main break. They, they were claiming that they were going to try to get the game in. And that's the last update I heard about 45 minutes ago. Nothing has been updated on Twitter. I'm very curious to see what happened with that game and if, in fact, they did make it back out onto the floor and complete the game. We had early in the uh, season, right when everything was starting, uh, a holiday tournament, Chick-fil-A holiday tournament over at Nasher High South. And we made a determination as a company where we originally were going to go on and do the championship game that night. Well, you know, it's a repeat team that's already won the thing two or three years in a row versus a team from Maine. So let's go on the air at 4 o'clock in the afternoon and let's do the women's championship. And then, because quite frankly it involved a Nashua school, let's do the, the consolation game, third place game on the boys' side. We proceeded to do that. The people from New Hampshire's sports page were staying to videotape and put on their website the actual championship game with, again, team from Maine and another local southern And they had that same thing. The alarms went off. <laughs> Everybody had to leave the gym. Yep. And it was like, yeah, it isn't a bomb scare at Terra. Something's happened with a water riser. And for the safety of everybody, get out. That's it. So we lucked out as a broadcasting company because it was smooth sailing for our oh, about three hours we were on the air carrying two games. But as soon as we went off the air, well, you all got to go out to your car now or someplace <laughs> because they're not going to allow you to stay in the building till they get the all clear. And oh, okay, it's a water riser somewhere that broke in the school facility, but it ain't going to affect you, you know, being able to use the ladies' room right. next to the gym. Right. So let's all come back in and, and finish uh, the, play game. the game. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and again, in a week like this, where on Tuesday most of these local schools had schools called off, that therefore the games were canceled. Uh, you gave an update earlier in the program, Tim. Uh, it's been a sort of all the action was packed in. Five days worth of action was packed into four days this week. So again, if you're if you're worried about scheduling concerns, I'm sure getting this game in, if at all possible, is important. Because, again, they don't want to fall any further behind. So, again, we're looking for updates. Uh, Twitter has not been updated since my last report uh, that essentially said everybody's out. Jim was evacuated. Epping and Pittsfield game suspended. Further updates to come. And to the extent you're trying to combine your academics with your extracurricular activities, it means for these guys and gals, in many cases, playing games you know, only 48 hours apart or less when they're used to. Kind of a standard deal, Tuesdays and Fridays. Maybe if a school is so far away that that would be a late-night bus trip back, then you play a Saturday. But an example would be uh, Bow. Bow is a, well, I'll call it a suburb of both Concord and Manchester. Okay. It's in between the two. They came down and played at Hollis Brookline Wednesday because they had to reschedule the game from Tuesday. 
Well, they're back out on the court way up north in Lebanon, New Hampshire. Bo is tomorrow night. So this is completely different. I still got to do my homework for Mr. Peterson. Sure. But I had a Wednesday night game, and Friday, I'm you know they're now up in northern New Hampshire. Yep. So so they're getting back at you know midnight if they're lucky because they've got to play their game and probably hit the bus around now. You know, so it's like there's there's a a, a lot of variations other than a game was postponed. Sure. Yes, but you didn't postpone it the way the pros or a college would, and they'll play it two months from now. No. No, you, you tried to play at 3.30 the next afternoon, or you scheduled it for, you know, the next evening, and now, boom, all of a sudden, you've got yourself a match. Absolutely. Yeah. So it, it, they have to do what they have to do to try and get the games in. So whether it's weather or water main break, whatever it may be, because, again, they're high school students. You're absolutely right. We lose focus of that sometimes. But these kids do have you know, exams and projects due and priorities that, while basketball is fun, and, and for some of them, maybe they'll go on to play somewhere in college. But for the most part, these this is they're kids. And, you know, they, they certainly want to play the game. They want to do the best they can. And but, even if they play it, when they go on for fun, meaning, hello, Franklin Pierce University, hello, Division sure. three schools and whatever, not a scholarship kid at a Division one school. Correct. Same thing happens. The game will be replayed about two months from now or six weeks from now yep. as opposed to, oh, well, you still have your lab scheduled for one of your college courses Thursday night, but oops, now you got to get a, can I miss this? Because we're just suddenly playing the game the next night. Right. You know, it's a whole different thing. Absolutely. So, really different. And I, I congratulate the kids for, you know, adjusting to this. Two years ago, it was because of the winter we had. Oh, my goodness. You know, you couldn't tell a scorecard without quickly getting on the uh, Internet. Last winter and this winter, not really been a big problem. Not yet. And this was, you know, Ice City two days ago. So not yet, though. It's only, it's only January, Tim. We're, you know, it, one of my friends said the other day, you know, look, it's going to be February in, a, in less than a week, which means if we can make it through that 30-day period of February, we're into March. Get out of this thing pretty much unscathed, barring a freak storm. I said, shut up. Shut up. You can't say that. You just cannot say that. You know we're going to get buried in snow now because you you opened your mouth tonight. It's Yep, and I will even take the blame for it. You're going to be the jerk. It's fine. It's Friday Night Lights right here, ESPN Radio, ESPNNHradio.com. That's where you stream us live. You find us on your smartphone, on your tablet, iOS, Android, doesn't really matter. Just use the TuneIn app. We're here with you live and local until 9 o'clock, breaking down tonight's action. Of course, you heard Nick Anastas and company on the call tonight. Uh, Once again, your final score 59 to 45 Bedford over Salem when we come back on the program for the final hour we'll continue to talk about this game other action we'll get you guys updated on the scores locally here in the high school ranks and we'll also talk about the Boston Celtics because again we are not live and local the way that we used to be here so when I get a shot we're going to talk some Celtics it's Patrick Gilroy it's Tim Glenday it's Friday Night Lights right here ESPN Radio New Hampshire the Apple Fair 